What's going on everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Wilton Fitness and Performance Podcast. I hope everybody's well and staying safe out there. I just wanted to check in just with some, well with a few events that have been happening over the last week or so here in Brisbane and for anyone that is outside of Australia will have probably seen that we have been dealing with a lot of floods and some torrential downpour and It has affected a lot of people in many different ways, but we are pretty lucky in the fact that it hasn't quite got to us in a huge way. You know, we had a little bit of flooding in the backyard, but not not so much coming into the house, which, you know, we are truly grateful for that. But, you know, there are many families out there that did get affected and, you know, it's very, very sad to hear that kind of stuff. But, you know, onwards and upwards from here and, you know, fingers crossed that, we don't get to see much rain like that again. And, you know, even though for someone like myself that comes from a country that has rain pretty much all year round, or miserable weather, let's say, that is the first time in my entire life that I have witnessed rain so heavily. And, you know, it was quite scary, but, you know, it's one of those things that you have to adapt and you have to deal with things. And the most important thing is is that you need to stay safe. So, Yeah, I hope everybody stayed safe out there, and hopefully that's the last that we're going to see of it, so yeah. Anyway, just touching base on the previous three podcast episodes, I just want to say thank you to everybody that's given me feedback so far on the podcast. It means a hell of a lot, as you know, it only gives me a good chance to improve on the podcast that was recorded previously. However, After listening back to them myself, I did notice that the quality of the recordings weren't up to what I would like them to be. And, you know, it turns out that the microphone that I did buy ages ago was, it wasn't so great. So, yeah, I went out a few weeks ago and I invested in a new microphone, which it turns out by after recording this episode that the quality is a lot better. So yeah, fingers crossed that from here and or from here onwards, the quality of each recording of the podcast is now going to be at top quality for you all to listen to. So uh, yeah, so let's get stuck into today's episode. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about the basics of breathing correctly. Now, for anyone that thinks about breathing, we often see it as an unconscious process that occurs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that is essentially what helps deliver oxygen to the body to help keep us alive. Now, over the many recent decades or centuries, you know, breath work or breathing in itself has been taken for granted. And it has often led to many illnesses and, you know, certain circumstances where our health has been deteriorated simply by not allowing enough oxygen or enough vitamins and nutrients to be delivered into our organs, cells and muscles. And through today's episode, you know, I'm going to be talking you through all of that and I'll be teaching you the basics of how to breathe correctly. And, you know, if you do want to find out any more information on breathwork, then there are many different resources out there. You know, for anyone that has heard of breathwork before will know that, you know, breathwork itself has been going on for many different millennia now, you know, rooting back all the way to, you know, Buddhist monks and Japanese monks and Native Americans and things like that. 
And over the many, many years leading all the way into the present day, as you know yourself, you know, most of us, especially in the first world, that we lead very busy and stressful lives. You know, we often have deadlines to meet uh, with our bosses. And if you have your, if you run your own business, you know, there's always something new that you have to do. And, you know, when we don't tend to focus on what we're doing with our breath or even just take a moment to ourselves just to focus on our breathing, we often let things get on top of us and get in the way. And this can impact our relationships, not only with our family, but with our colleagues and friends as well. But that's exactly what I'm going to get stuck into in today's episode. So I really hope you enjoyed the episode today. And if you do, then please share this with a friend or you can even share this on your social media feeds as that will be the easiest way to spread awareness for the podcast and hopefully be able to share my knowledge with someone who you think might benefit might benefit from it. Anyway, I'm not going to waffle on too much longer. So without further ado, let's get stuck into today's episode where we talk about the basics of breathing correctly. Welcome to the Wilton Fitness and Performance Podcast. Okay, so the first topic that I want to dive into when it comes down to helping you understand breath work is a subtopic known as overbreathing. Now, what does overbreathing mean exactly? And is it good or bad for our health? Now, just before I kind of go in and start diving into the nitty gritty of what overbreathing actually is, I just want to ask you a few questions. And while you're listening to this podcast, I just want you to kind of nod your head or say yes or no to yourself if any of these questions apply to you. So the first question is, do you tend to sigh a lot during the day? Number two, do you often experience nasal congestion? Do you snore heavily at night? Number four, do you often wake up with a dry mouth each and every morning? Number five, do you ever experience lightheadedness during the day? And finally, the final question is, sorry, can you hear yourself breathe right now as you are in a resting state? So if those, any of those questions applied to you and you nodded your head yes, then there is a good chance that you are an overbreather. And I'm not sure if you could put two plus two together there, but overbreathing can be quite damaging to not only our physical health, but also our mental health. And I'm just going to go in and explain the reason why. So essentially, our bodies are uniquely designed to breathe a certain amount of oxygen at any one time. And this is solely solely determined by the amount of carbon dioxide within our blood. Now, for anyone that remembers, when you were in high school, does anyone remember in, I think, let's just say biology, that any of your teachers would have explained to you that Carbon dioxide, or also known as CO2, is a waste product of the body. Now, this is not entirely true, because although carbon dioxide is exhaled from our bloodstream, this doesn't mean that it should be known as a waste product. Because essentially, the amount of CO2 that we have in our blood, it determines how much oxygen that we can use at any one time, which, when we breathe too heavily we are actually exhaling too much CO2, which is why we often tend 
to gasp for oxygen when we feel unfit or when we've been for a run or when we walk up a set of stairs, etc, etc. But now I just want to kind of dive into a little bit of science and explain what carbon dioxide is and what it actually does for us inside our body. So as we've just mentioned, CO2 is not a waste gas. It is actually a protein molecule that is found in the blood known as hemoglobin. And it is known for carrying oxygen from the lungs to our cells and also our muscle tissues. And this effect only occurs when it is in the presence of carbon dioxide, essentially. But when we have lost too much carbon dioxide from the body, oxygen can't be delivered efficiently to the organs, muscle tissues and our cells. And as counterintuitive as it may seem, we often think that when we are losing our breath or when we feel breathlessness, we think that taking a bigger breath when exercising in particular, we think it's going to provide us more oxygen, but in actual fact, it has the opposite effect, particularly if we don't know how to breathe. So to summarize, we must think of carbon dioxide as like a security guard, let's say, to our blood vessels that actually allows oxygen to pass through. So the more carbon dioxide that we have present, the more oxygen is going to be readily available to our blood. And when we are consciously breathing correctly, we are able to produce more carbon dioxide. And this prevents our muscles from fatiguing when we are performing physical activity. The problem that we actually have, though, is that it's not the amount of oxygen that is in the blood itself, but it's the amount of oxygen transferring from the blood to the muscle tissue and the organs, which will determine how much carbon dioxide is actually present in our body, essentially. So now I've kind of explained a little bit of science behind carbon dioxide and oxygen and how it kind of transfers around the body. I just want to dive into talking to you about the two different ways in which we can breathe and which one is more beneficial for our health. And of course, those two different types of breathing are mouth breathing and nasal breathing. So first of all, I just want to dive in and talk to you about mouth breathing and the effects that it has on the body. And I'll let you decide straight away whether this is more efficient than nasal breathing itself. So when we breathe through our mouths... Unfiltered air actually enters the lungs, which can be a direct cause of asthma due to the airway construction, which is why often, it's quite often or common, let's say, that people tend to experience wheezing. Mouth breathing also constricts the blood vessels and it can reduce blood flow. And this is because, believe it or not, of too much air actually entering and leaving the lungs, which another... Another name for this is also known as hyperventilation, which I'm sure most of you will have heard of. When we breathe through our mouths also, we are activating the sympathetic nervous system, which initiates the fight or flight response. Now, for anyone that's not familiar with the fight or flight response, it is essentially another term for high stress. And the best way that I can describe this example is just imagine that One morning you were leaving the front door to take yourself off to work and there was a lion stood at your front door waiting for you. Then the first thing that you would do is go, (gasps) and you would kind of take this huge inhale through the mouth and also exhale, which 
automatically elevates your heart rate and stimulates the sympathetic nervous system, which, you know, again, returns back to this high stress, uh, this, this moment of high stress within the body. When we sleep and we are sleeping with our mouth open, it can be a direct cause of early onset fatigue the following day, which then, of course, leads to poor concentration, reduced productivity, and it can also induce a bad mood. And also, for those people, for anyone that's heard of sleep apnea, sleep apnea is essentially the relaxing of the muscles in the back of the throat, which tend to occur while we are asleep. And when our mouths are open while we are asleep, this allows the tongue to slip down the back of the throat and can cause breathing problems, which, you know, for anyone that does know someone with sleep apnea will know that this is not good. And, you know, although I'm not a sleep apnea expert, I do know that we can treat this at home ourselves in an easy way. Now, this is not me giving you a diagnosis or, you know, saying that you shouldn't go and speak to a specialist if you do have sleep apnea. But one thing that can help towards stopping your tongue from slipping down the back of your throat, or let's say two things, actually, they are sleeping on your side and also putting a small piece of tape over your mouth at night time just to kind of keep your lips together. And the reason why we do that is because when your mouth is closed and your tongue is in the in the center of your mouth essentially, your tongue will struggle to move anywhere other than in the center of your mouth, which, you know, which is essentially which is everything that you want and especially if you do kind of have to deal with sleep apnea. But um, like I say, if, it, if it's something that you have had to deal with for a very long time now and it's something that is affecting your health, then please go and seek a specialist. But if you do, sorry, if you are just a regular snorer, let's just say, and you don't suffer with sleep apnea, then don't be afraid to try sleeping on your side and sleeping with a piece of tape over your mouth. Finally, mouth breathing itself activates the upper chest only. Now, of course, when we are breathing, as you can feel the air entering your body system and you can feel your chest rise, when you breathe through your mouth, the air stops just underneath where your pectorals are. Whereas if you breathe through your nose, this is going to help to activate the diaphragm which is essentially using your lung capacity to its to, to its max essentially so now i'm going to dive into nasal breathing now the benefits of nasal breathing have been proven for many 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 years but it's often something that we take for granted or just something that we are literally un- unaware of and unconscious of but essentially When we are breathing through our noses on a day-to-day basis, it helps to dilate the blood vessels by producing this gas known as nitric oxide. Uh, No, nitric oxide is not the same gas that is used to speed cars up. Nitric oxide is essentially something that helps to sterilize the air and it opens up the airways, which then enhances the oxygen uptake that is within the blood. And just in terms of exercise performance, 
when you breathe through your nose and the gaseous exchange occurs between oxygen and nitrous oxide and your blood vessels are dilated, essentially what's happening is it's allowing more oxygen to get to the muscles, meaning that your muscles will take a lot longer to fatigue when they are put under strenuous activity. So it doesn't matter whether that be strength training or high intensity interval training or even running. When you have more blood traveling to the muscles, especially cleanly oxygenated blood, that is going to allow you to perform exercise for a lot longer and reduce the amount of fatigue that is going to set within your muscles at any given time. And it makes a lot of sense, right? Because if you think about it, if you can perform for longer periods of time in the gym, then the chances are that you're going to get stronger. You know, you might even get leaner depending on the type of training that you are doing. But essentially, although you are putting your muscles under more stress, it's allowing you to perform exercise for a lot longer, which is going to be more beneficial for you in the future. And don't get me wrong, I have tried with many, many clients over the years that I've been a personal trainer to try to get them to breathe through their nose on a consistent basis. And, you know, at first it does feel like you cannot get enough oxygen in, especially if you try to do it from the very go from the very goal. But over time it does get a lot easier because it might you know, if you think about it. Breathing in through your mouth would seem like you can take in a lot more oxygen than you would be able to through your two nostrils. But essentially, even though that is true, it's just that the benefits that the oxygen has on your body when it comes in through the mouth is literally next to nothing in comparison to what it would do if you were to take in the oxygen through your nose and then you know, allow it to go through the process that it does with nitric oxide. Just touching base back on what I mentioned earlier when I said that when we breathe through our mouths that we enter what is known as a sympathetic nervous state, which is related to a high stress response. Well, when we breathe through our noses, we enter what is known as the parasympathetic nervous state, which is related to a rest and digest response. And when we are in that rest and digest response or parasympathetic nervous state, it has far more benefits for our health and well-being than what it would do if we were constantly in this elevated high stress environment or high stress state, let's say. And some of those benefits are it helps us to reduce our blood pressure. It helps us to reduce the amount of headaches and migraines that we get. It also helps us to improve our gut metabolism, which basically means that it allows us to process and digest our food a lot easier and more efficiently. And it also helps us to maintain a healthy resting heart rate as well, which, of course, as we get a little bit older, this is going to reduce the risk of us having heart disease and also strokes. It also, like I said, like I've just mentioned also, it activates abdominal and diaphragmatic breathing, which allows you to access the deepest part of your lungs. It also humidifies the incoming air. Now, when we breathe through our noses, as you know, each and every one of us has nasal hairs. And when that with those nasal hairs, essentially, 
the reason why those hairs are there is to limit the amount of dust and bacteria from essentially entering our body and when the air comes in the actual temperature of the air is around six or seven degrees and then by the time it reaches the back of the throat it is then warmed up to 30 degrees and by the time it reaches the bottom of the lungs so the deepest part of our diaphragm it is actually at 37 degrees which is an ideal body temperature so yeah those are the benefits of nasal breathing uh, and essentially when just a, a side note onto it uh, filtering out the bacteria when we filter out bacteria you are essentially increasing your body's defense mechanism therefore helping you to war warn off common colds flus and sicknesses and essentially helping you to remain in full health so one test that you can do to test your oxygen uptake inside your body is known as the blood oxygen level test also known as the bolt now the best way that i can describe this particularly over a podcast is that so the first thing you're going to do is you're going to need to grab yourself a stopwatch now everybody has a stopwatch on their phone and if you want to give this a go now then you're more than welcome to but essentially open up your stopwatch and close your mouth and the first thing you're going to do is take a gentle inhale through the nose and then a gentle exhale through the nose until the last of the air has left your body from there you're going to pinch your nose and you're going to hold your breath and start your timer immediately from there you're going to continue to hold your breath until you feel your first strong desire to breathe from there, as soon as you have left, uh, let go of your nose, stop the clock and record your time, and then try to resume calm nasal breathing afterwards. And what that is doing, essentially, is measuring the blood oxygen level inside your body. Now, it's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable for people at first, but if you I just want to warn you that if you are pregnant, then please, please, please do not attempt this, okay? Um, but essentially, if you are going to give this a go, I'm just going to give you a couple of score guidelines in which you want to aim for and hopefully try to improve on. So if you can't hold your breath with no oxygen in the body for from 0 to 10 seconds, then that is classed as poor. If you can hold your breath for 10 to 20 seconds, that is classed as okay. Anything from 20 to 30 seconds, that is classed as good or average, let's say. 30 to 40 seconds is very good and 40 plus seconds is excellent. Now, anyone that does have to deal with things like asthma or anything, I probably only expect you to get from 0 to 20 seconds okay but this can easily be improved on just by swapping to nasal breathing only whereas people who get 40 plus seconds these are usually people that tend to be avid fitness enthusiasts or athletes or people that play sports on a regular basis 
So if you want to give that a go, then by all means do so. But uh, just make sure that if you if it is something that you want to improve on, then please keep a note on your score. And a final reminder, if you are pregnant, then please do not attempt to give this a go, okay? To finish up this episode, I just want to dive into talking to you about the different gears of breathing. And specifically, there are three gears of breathing which we can label and which we can perform them given the activity that we are performing. Uh, Sorry, given the activity that we are doing. But essentially... Gear one is nasal breathing only. Gear two is nasal inhale and mouth exhale. And then gear three is mouth breathing only, okay? So gear one, so for those people that are nasal breathing only, this should occur when we are performing everyday life, when we are walking, when we are sleeping. Whereas gear two, with that being a nasal inhale versus a... uh, Sorry. Whereas gear two that is a nasal inhale and a mouth exhale, this should be performed when we are performing moderate physical activity, i.e. jogging or even high intensity interval training. Or, and you know, you can even build up a tolerance to performing these types of physical activity in gear one, which it will feel quite hard at first and it does take consistency through practicing, but it is definitely achievable. But if you are new to improving your blood oxygen, then gear two is probably best for you when you are performing moderate physical activity. Whereas gear three, which I labeled as mouth only, this should only be kind of performed if you are performing intense physical activity, i.e. short sprints or, you know, if you are a football player or something like that. But particularly if you are sprinting for a football or a rugby ball or something like that. But whereas if you are not kind of in the action and, you know, for example, you don't have a, a football in your hands or, in your, or by your feet, then that's where you can kind of take it down a gear and then return back to nasal inhale, mouth exhale, And then again, back down to gear one until you feel like you need to put yourself back into gear three again. And just a quick summary of today's podcast. Essentially, the best thing that you can do to improve your health and well-being when it comes down to breath work is to breathe through your nose at all times. That is, of course, unless you are participating in very intense physical activity for short periods of time. The aim is to breathe softly and quietly. So so essentially, when you are breathing softly and quietly, this will help you to increase that nitric oxide production, which is what we spoke about earlier on in the podcast. And with absolutely everything, this requires consistency and a hell of a lot of practice. But, you know, don't give it up because it will be very, very, very beneficial for your overall health and well-being in many, many years to come. And you know what, actually, if I could recommend a book to all of you to get a hell of a lot more information than what I've just provided to you for anyone that is interested in reading that would be the oxygen advantage by Patrick McKeown which if you haven't heard of him he runs his own company 
of course, called the Oxygen Advantage, and essentially E helps people to improve their health and well-being by focusing on different breathwork techniques. And I would highly recommend that you go and give it a read or a listen if you're more of an audiobook guy, and you will get so much more information and or so much more valuable information from him than you would from me because that is where I learned most of my stuff. So And I think that's it, guys. So thank you very much for joining me on this small podcast. This is probably going to be the length that I'm going to try and keep my podcasts at from now on. So if you enjoyed taking this information on board, then please go and share this with your friends or to someone that might find this valuable. And if you really want to, please don't be afraid to share this on your social media feeds as you know, the more shares that this gets, the better this podcast does. And, you know, of course, it is my passion to be able to share as much information as I can or as much valuable information as I can to help you improve your health and well-being. So once again, guys, thank you very much. And I look forward to seeing you over on the next episode. Take care for now.